1: Everyone, welcome to Paranormal Heart Podcast, 100th episode. I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you all, because if I didn't have amazing listeners like you, I wouldn't have a podcast. So from the bottom of my paranormal heart, see what I did there? <laughs> thank you for spending your precious time with my guest and I, and a huge thank you to all of my guests, past and those to come. Much love and respect to all of you. Folks, for my 100th episode, I have not one, but two guests. Both have been on the show before, and I am honored to call them friends. For my first guest, I have researcher of the unexplained, whose studies focuses primarily on malevolent hauntings, international public figure, and paranormal consultant for television and other related media, Michelle Derocher. Michelle and I delve into an intriguing device she calls a portal. This machine is used to communicate with spirits. She mentions how she had a strange and brief discussion with what she believes to be possible pilots from the 1950s. She also talks about her encounters with extraterrestrials known as the Greys, and so much more. And for my second guest, I have Rustler, EVP researcher, author of Newfie EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland, and host of Odd to Newfoundland podcast, John Mallard. John and I discuss how he helped me start my podcast, as well as naming it, how he and his wife became foster parents, some of his EVP research, and goes into detail about his near-death experience in December of 2022 into 23, and how a shaman who was believed to have been sent as a spirit guide to help him while he was in a coma, and other strange things. If you'd like to share your encounters on the show, I'd love to have you on. You can send me an audio recording of your encounter, You can write it for me to narrate, or we can record our conversation together, whatever you feel comfortable with. And If you have questions, comments, or have a topic or guest you'd like to hear on the show, let me know at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoy the show, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a comment. Tell your friends. Don't keep it to yourself. Tell the world about Paranormal Heart Podcast. You can tell them that new episodes are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find me on YouTube, Podbean, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights, and any place you find fine podcasts. Now, on with the show. Hello, Michelle. Welcome to Paranormal Hearts 100th episode.
2: Thank you so much for making me your hundredth guest. I'm so honored, and I'm happy to be here as always.
1: The honor is mine. I mean, uh, you know, I'm having two guests for the for the listeners this time, and um, I'm so happy that you accepted. So, thank you.
2: Oh, a pleasure! A pleasure.
1: So we the the main topic that I like to discuss. Uh, I had listened to you and uh, Linda Quirino uh, a couple months ago, and you discussed this machine that intrigued me, and I need to know more. And I'm sorry to your listeners, Willow's on the other side of a door, and she just won't stop, so I do apologize for the background howls. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, if you could uh, please tell us about this intriguing machine.
2: Um, it It is called a portal, actually, and I'm pretty sure that's the one that you're inquiring about. I had it built probably about three years ago, um, and it's there are a lot of variations of it now, but um, it's it's basically was, you know, built for me by the person who created it in the first place, much like the ghost box with Frank, some you assumption know, and all of the the ones that came after but what it typically is it's a strange contraption it's it's uh, it's an amplifier more than anything and it can be used it's designed to be used with um pretty much anything i can use it and i have used it with the ghost box and with the frank's box because i I do have a frank's box here and um i have used it with you know there's a lot of apps that come with it and it's just something designed to have fun with you know police scanners anything Mm. and what's great about it is it can be used in reverse mode which means it's like playing an lp backwards it's basically um like i said it can be used with many different things it does work with I like to use it in reverse mode, which means it's like playing an LP backwards. Spirits have to convert their speech forward to forward speech, Um, which to me adds a little bit more validity and you're not using all the the background noise. It's just a different feature altogether. And it's had some incredible results. and, And it's not just, you know, for for spirit activity. I mean, it's it's captured all kinds of different things.
1: That's intriguing. So it's who,
2: intriguing.
1: So how did it first get developed? Like who, who developed it?
2: Um Huff Paranormal. Steve Huff did it. And I don't think he does them anymore, actually. Um, I mean he's upgraded and upgraded onto a lot of different things. Love him or hate him. He he does build some interesting uh, you know, devices and he built he was, you know, you know, gracious enough to build one for me uh, before he he scaled back on them. And um, again, I think he's just on to different things. But it, it's it's hard to to explain this thing. You almost have to to see it. Um, I know I, it's been captured on some of the stuff that that I have filmed. But it's um, first time I've ever tested it. You know, I tested it with um, my ghost box, and I just it, the the crisp. It was just filtered out a lot of that background noise that comes in from. That static and stuff, which some people really love for research, they're like, "No, we like the static." You know, it's just it helps spirits come through. I agree. I agree. In some cases, depending on the device you're using, absolutely. Um, and it basically right away started just giving me all of this stuff, and I said, "Well, who are you?" You know, and and he goes, "We're you. You are us. We're one." And I was like, "That's pretty deep." <laughs> wow yeah Yeah. just like that just like that and for the record I record all my sessions too so I don't just you know pull this out of my my ear and go hey you know I do record them um so I'm like okay that's interesting and it was just a lot of different things that started coming out with it and and I've tested it a few times and have had unbelievable results even with you know extraterrestrials that's amazing yes Yes. But I think the incident you're inquiring about as per what Linda and I were talking about were the pilots. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, that was, I've never had anything like that in all of my years with anything, um, any piece of equipment I've ever used. And I'm not saying it wouldn't have worked if I had just used a regular ghost box or anything like that. It just happened to occur when I was using this device. Um, and what started coming through was an old, like a an airplane propeller. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. I, I just, you know, I, I just turned around and I'm tapped into some bad 50s movie. You know, <laughs> that's, that's like great. But it started getting really curious. So I, I let it go for a little bit. And I kept hearing this voice saying, hello, hello. And I'm just going, okay, this is different. And I said, Hello. You know, we, we just started getting a dialogue going. And I kept saying, like, who are you? And and they were talking amongst one another, which was really strange. Like, I mean, so spirits to do that. But it was just different because they were describing what they were seeing, which was Wayne and I sitting at the table. And like, there's a man and a woman, they're sitting at a table. I'm just like, hmm So I'm hearing all this, and they're talking, and I'm like, who are you? And, and I'm like, where are you, first of all, you know, and they kept saying, we're lost, we don't know. Um, I thought, okay, so, you know, I'm, first thought comes, okay, you're grounded, okay, maybe we could just talk you through this. And the, the plane was so loud. And I'm like, I, I realized at this point, that they sounded almost... Um, like out of the 50s, you know, you hear a bad 50s movie. And so I'm thinking, I'm just going to roll with this and see where it goes. And, you know, because there was intelligent responses coming from here. This wasn't like I've tapped into some bad movie. And I said, what's your rank and position? And he said, Major, and again, it's in the recording. I don't remember what it was. Major so-and-so, ma'am, he said, um, he yelled at some, you know, coordinates but the, only the first two of the three came through. And from what we were seeing, it was somewhere over the Pacific. Ah. So I thought, okay, that's really interesting. And and But, I, you know, it goes to show you, people in Canada have accents. So he, he basically, they're talking to one another, and he goes, he goes, who is this? He goes, I don't know. I think it's the Queen. I'm like, yeah, let's go with that. Dark realm, maybe. <laughs> Definitely not England. This and when they said, I said, What do you see? They said, Nothing, it's black, we don't see anything. <laughs> and we were, and were looking at each other, going, What the heck, like, are we experiencing here? And that's when they started to describe us. There's a man and a woman, they're sitting at a table, they're doing something, they have electricity. And I'm going, Hmm, okay, interesting. It's like, Look, there's a door, it's open. <laughs> I do not come through that door. I just had visions of this bomber or oh. coming through the house. I, uh, cause I This is all new to me. But then they started pleading with me. They're so like, please, please, we're lost, please. And, and it broke my heart. And then the whole connection cut off. And we just stood there looking at each other. And I remember that night there was some kind of a planetary alignment that everybody on social media was talking about. And I'm like, okay, so obviously there's something that has to do with the a- atmospheric, you know, dimensions, something. So we're like, we're going to, cause we did, we, we, we put a reminder um, to do it exactly at the same time, the following year, same date, everything, and got nothing, nothing. So there was just something that was going on. Mm-hmm. And right after these guys, somebody else came in and said, well, hello there. and And I'm like, Hey, who am I talking to now, right? And and we just had a dialogue that started with this elderly man. And he said, I said, where where are you? Who are you? And all of a sudden, he said they were kind to us at first. I'm like, okay, well, can you explain what, you know, like can you explain your story? This really ornery woman came through. She goes, he's trying to tell you. I'm like, oh, God okay i'm so sorry (laughs) that cut out it just got really like something he said they were kind to us at first and they turned on us it was just something crazy honestly if i hadn't recorded it i i wouldn't have believed any of it personally it was just unreal and i've never gotten anything like it since
1: at first, I was thinking maybe with the pilots, maybe they were in in the Bermuda Triangle, and for whatever reason, that's why uh, you made contact. But then those the other the, the couple that you spoke with, they probably weren't there as well.
2: No, I think they were fully aware of what, what we are doing. They somehow got to, they somehow tapped in. I don't know from where. With the pilots, see, the Bermuda Triangle is in the Atlantic. Oh crap! The you Dragons said the Pacific Triangle, didn't you? the dragon's triangle which is out near japan is in that area it could be over the sea of japan but like there, there's a lot of um if i if i even got that right <laughs> but i know it's out that way um so th- there's triangles everywhere and vortices yep. all over this planet you know all over this planet they have them we we know the more famous ones but there really are like another seven or eight of them at least and you can get into time shifts very easily There's stories of people who just walk out of their house and walk around to the back and they come out and all of a sudden it's something entirely different. Like they're in a different time They're They're seeing things that don't belong in their world. And then they come back around to the front of the house and they're right back where they started. And it happens one time. In fact, there's a woman out there who has a reward out because she woke up one morning in a different time, a different place wearing different pajamas in her apartment Um, you know, I would think, okay, it's got to be contact or abduction or something. Mm -hmm. And the people in her life are gone. Her fiance of like seven years gone, it's like he never existed, his son gone, like he never existed. So you've either been scrubbed, your memory's either been scrubbed, or, you know, something is definitely amiss. She goes to work, different buildings, same people, like just really weird stuff. And she ended up putting out a reward, and basically just saying if you can get me back you know like help me figure this out yeah i think how sad is that so this stuff happens you know
1: and then a lot of times people are are deemed crazy and they put them on medication and yes. back in the day they would have put them in asylums and That's right. you know so it makes you wonder how long has
2: this actually been going on oh absolutely i mean i think you know dimensionally speaking we have you know, I mean, you know, people are out, the jury's out on has to dimensionally speaking, how many are we 12? Are we 10? Are we seven? Are we, you know, uh, consensus seems to be 12 being the magical number. But, th- you know, there could be more. We don't really know. But it, it, it's just like, you know, everything is in one, one time and space. It's, it's just different levels. It's not hard to simultaneously tap in. There are people who can travel to, to dimensionally. I'm sure we all do when we sleep you know, if you park the car in the garage, you're not sleeping in it all night. You know, you go to bed at night, you're, you're, you're going to, your essence is going to leave. It doesn't have to stay here, you know. So I imagine it's the same idea.
1: So how many of these this, these particular boxes, do you know how many have been, have been made? And, and do other people who, who might have the same, um, same box, do they have the same results as what you had had?
2: I really don't know um, the answer to either uh, of those questions. Um, You know, I don't know how many were made. I think at one point the creator had said there may have been only two in Canada. Um, You know, so I I don't really know. I mean, for me, I don't use it a whole lot anymore. I don't actively investigate. I just, I don't have the time. And, you know, I'm semi-retired, you know, from film. Like, I just it just you know i i think you know getting into what we went through over the last you know couple of years it just it, it, it really changed things a lot and you could just do things remotely and um i i just didn't i don't know i guess i just lost interest but i also think that we evolve so for me i evolved into many different things you know um two decades of doing many things I find I think I concentrated into one area that I I enjoy which is radio um not that I don't enjoy film you know still continue on documentaries and things like that and I did film one a couple of years ago or actually last summer which will surprise people when they when they realize what it is it's just not it's not paranormal so no. i gonna be like what <laughs> but yeah. you know but um I still do like to to play with it every now and then and just make contact and, you know, just to interact. So it's, pretty, it's a pretty incredible device.
1: It is. It makes me wonder how he, like, how did he come to the idea of building that in the first
2: place? Um, I think part of what he does, you know, he's it, it's sort of a 50 50 thing with people who like him or don't like him. Um, at my point, I don't I just I don't go around judging. I don't have to agree with what someone does. I'm 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 buying something to try it mm-hmm. to see what what is all the buzz about. I'm known for buying all kinds of equipment and seeing what is the buzz about. I've done a lot of events where I will show people, yes, this piece of equipment. Here it is. This is how much it cost. Don't waste your money or yeah, you know what, eh, if you want to play around with it, go ahead, waste your money. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I love communication devices. So, you know, this is the only person that I could get it from, especially at the time, other people weren't quite doing anything similar. So I was sort of like, okay, you know, and and I went for it. And um, it's just been a really, really interesting piece altogether. So how he came up with it, he's just known for, for building different things. So you know, how did Frank Sumption come up with building the ghost box? Well, you know, originally it was a Tesla design,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know. And um, he, when I talked to Frank, because we we spoke before he passed, um, we would chat quite a bit. And he would send me recordings that he had through his own devices. And he said, everybody thought I built this to speak with ghosts. He goes, I didn't. He goes, I built it to speak with aliens. Oh, and a lot of people, you know, I, I would never have guessed, um, you know, a, a really good friend of mine, you know, one, one of my very, very close friends in my circle, uh, was really like best friends with him. And she said the same thing. And uh, when he basically uh, said that to me, you know, um, I was just like, mind blown. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and it's true. And it does, it does work. It does work. But I have to reiterate, this isn't a magic box. It's 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 an amplifier. It just has features on it that allow you to tweak whatever device it is you're working with. I went into you know complete reverse speech hmm. as opposed to just going through some crazy FM or AM band. I reversed it all and it just came out that way. So it was like okay. Interesting, it just seems to take you know anything spirits can use anything to come through and communicate if there are words or if there's a frequency that they can tap into, you know, and um, somehow it, it happened
1: and that, that that particular moment had this something
2: all the ingredients were there to make everything work. I believe they were because I have never been able to recreate that ever. It was a one-shot deal. It wasn't for a matter of even trying to create it in the first place. You know, yeah. we, were, we were really surprised. And, and it was like one of the, like the first time where, people, where, where there was a conversation going on. It's not like, you know, you're getting random words. This is a conversation. They're, they're responding very, um, I mean, they're giving us word for word, what we want. They're fully aware of what's going on, coordinates, everything so i'm I'm just like, okay, that's that's interesting. So they're they're responding intelligently. What do you do with something like that? And then and you're hearing, I'm hearing something's going on. These were three men on some kind of an old plane of some sort. I have to assume military because he was a major. Yep. this is what he said. It was really loud. You can hear the propellers going. And I, I was just like, God, it's not like they were just quietly talking. You could hear they're in a plane. So are they someone who slipped through time and they're just wandering? Or are they, you know, they're, they're saying we're lost, we're lost. You know, are they deceased and they're just recreating what was left in, in their their world mm-hmm. at that 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 their mo- last moments of, of their existence? I don't know. Those are just something I don't have answers to. Right? That would drive me nuts not knowing. It does. We tried to recreate it like a couple of different years in a row, just trying to see, you know, I would almost have to go back and see what that planetary alignment was. There was something quite special about it because people were just, oh, look, these planets are lining up this year and on this night. And, um, you know, we really didn't even think of that when we just decided to sit down and fire this thing up and test it. Mm. Like we were just testing it, playing around with it. It's like, well, okay, let's just see what's going on. Wow, God. All right. Not quite sure what that was, but it was something for sure.
1: I wish I could have seen your faces.
2: Yeah, we were a bit perplexed, you yeah. know, but it's hard because we're also very skeptical. Despite what people see me on TV, you know, I don't run around screaming, demon, demon. I don't <laughs> do that. Yeah. I'm actually very logical. I'm, I'm liable to scream out, psychokinesis, more than I am demon, you know. Yeah. Do I deal with these entities? For sure. I also deal with extraterrestrial beings. I also deal with everyday average spirit people. You know, is it my thing, you know, that I do on a regular basis? No, my thing was helping people working with really malevolent attachments and hauntings, whatever the case may be, people projecting energy, because I just I have the patience for it. And it it just seemed to have the knack to be able to do it. I have the right mindset for it, Mm -hmm. obviously, because 20 years later, you know, um, but I mean, it's, I don't know, it, it, it is what it is, we're very logical. So we're sitting there experiencing this. And we're looking at each other and, and everything is running through our minds going, mm, okay, well, what could it be? This, 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 this. But in the meantime, you know, it perplexed us for, it still perplex us. We still talk about it and we still don't know what to make of it.
1: I hope you go back and figure out what the planetary alignment was and when is going
2: to be the next
1: one. And I hope it's within your lifetime.
2: Yes, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> every now and then we take a shot. <clears throat> we just take a shot and we try randomly you don't know. to do things. We we don't know. Yeah, you know, if the things if it cycles through, let's say, and, and the alignment was a specific way that night, how do we know that it just doesn't cycle through differently? You know, like, it, in my my producer, you know, for my show is you know, science degree, everything really logical, and and it uh, was like, well, it could be this, 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 and this. Um, you know, I've, I've even spoke to an astrophysicist one oh, wow. time, you know, and yeah. I was like, Hey, what's your take on this? You know, it's not for a lack of trying to find out from a scientific standpoint, trying to find out logically speaking, it's just one of those things that, Hey, it happened. I like to share it because I think it's a pretty incredible thing. You know, like I say, could it have happened on any device? Yeah, I think it could have. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's meant to be, it'll be, I just think that maybe it's, it's just a matter. Could it have been how I had the settings? on the devices, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, possibly. But like I said, we've tried to recreate it just to no avail.
1: I really hope you get to recreate it at some point.
2: Thank you. Yeah, Thank I'm, you.
1: And if you do, I hope you tell me about it because I'm really
2: curious. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll, believe me, I'll be all over the place. When Okay. We tried it. It worked. Yeah. You know? it's, it's just something we've never been able to get back to. And it's just such a shame because there's that part of me that just wants to help. Hmm. And and how how do you help? So, you know, it's not like you have a, a, maybe like a spirit who's looking and lost and wants to go home. And and you know, they're easier to work with. How do you how do you work with someone that like I I just don't believe it was. I don't believe I was dealing with grounded spirits. Mm-hmm. I, I truly think. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm. I'm it's perplexing. I just I don't know.
1: It doesn't sound like there are spirits. It sounds like they were caught someplace. And yeah,
2: yeah that's amazing. Yeah. It, it, it does. It does sound. We, we we felt that way as well, just because they kept saying we're lost, we're lost. But I mean, any lost soul will tell you that. But mm-hmm. they're just saying it's all black. We can't see anything. Hmm. You know, like I was gearing up to ask them, what's the last thing that that you remember? You know, and then it, it cut. We didn't change anything. Mm-hmm. So whatever it was in the ether yeah. <laughs> at that time or, or <clears throat> where, you know, maybe it cut because maybe they ended up, you know, going back through yeah. whatever it is they came out from.
1: Now, do you know the nationality or the roughly the time period? You said you thought it was maybe from the
2: 50s? What time? <clears throat> but it, I say I always make the reference because of the way they were talking to like an yeah. old 50s detective movie sort of. a yeah. year, you know? And like then the, the sound of the American. propellers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, American, American okay. definitely American. I, I'm going to take a stab at one of the one of the wars, if I had to guess, because of 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 again, I'm stereotyping because of the voices, and I figured, oh, I tapped into some 50s movie or something, <laughs> war movie, you know. But I, I didn't. So World War II is what I okay. would guess at, someplace over over the Pacific. I don't think it would have been World War One, um, but I mean, they, you know, they they had they they had planes then too, but it just sounded like they were closed. As well, Um, so I I don't know. It's just an anomaly to me. It's one of those things that I will probably spend decades, if I have decades on my side, to (laughs) to to continue to research and, um, you know, eventually maybe just have the recording analyzed and see.
1: Did you ever look up the
2: name? Um. I, I I think it's in the recording. It's just I, I wrote it down. I have notes that are with it mm-hmm. because we went. We go through all the notes, all the recordings, over and over yeah. to you know and try to filter it out. So it's probably in the notes, mm-hmm. and it must have been jumbled because I would have okay, major yeah. blah, blah blah blah. You know, I was like, okay, because we would have. I mean, the coordinates were clear, but there was mm-hmm. only two out of the three. And it was somewhere over the Pacific. That's all we know. Somewhere. Wow. Yeah. So that's you know. Now you're gonna get me back on it. <laughs> I'm gonna be out like hunting down my notes. <laughs> so and I've moved, so that could be like a big yeah. Of a, like a
1: where big is everything? Job.
2: Yeah, I know. It you might be on a on new mission now. I know, I know, but the mission is going to be just to find all my papers because my office is still, you know, and and it's completely upside down because we haven't been here very long. So, So
1: do you have any ideas as to why some people like yourself have so many experiences with pretty much everything, extraterrestrials, like anything, and then people like me, I don't really have a lot of experiences. Do you have a take on why that would happen?
2: Many. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I really believe that people who experience or who are in the paranormal will either be experienced, experiencers, and vice versa. I, I also think maybe there's a possibility that some experiences get mixed up. I know at least half the people that I have assisted over the last couple of decades have also had extraterrestrial experiences. So for me, I remember having ET experiences, and I do believe they're generational, because my grandfather had them, my mother had them, and my father also. Um, I believe that this has been since childhood. So I also know I had an attachment. <clears throat> but well, you know, now I question it, because it's all started resurfacing again, for me with with being an experiencer and a contactee over the course of the last probably three years and i started researching that Mm -hmm. and what experiencers and contactees had to say or abductees and they're really really similar i mean the paranormal people will tell you no it's a demon you know, some people say, "Oh, these are this is demonic stuff." Ufologists will say, "No, no, this is this is extraterrestrial stuff." Um, there, there's there are people who are right in the middle saying, "No, they're both very separate." So, uh, I, I, it's it's hard for me, you know, at that point to determine what came first. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I do believe that they they do go hand in hand one way or another. A lot of people in either field will branch out into the other field. We branch out into cryptozoology. We branch out into, you know, anything of different levels of high strangeness. That's just something that we do. Um, And I pretty much evolved and went the other way. And I say evolved for me. I'm not saying this is for everybody. You have to the only way you're going to evolve is doing this. Please don't don't take it that way for me. I think I needed to, to do that because there was a whole other part of my existence and my life that this was happening and somehow I just wasn't recognizing it or I'd forgotten it or, but I realized that I had a pretty good link because, you know, I, I look at all these people doing what are called CE5s. They go out there and meditate and call it for an experience. I just put it in my mind and says, okay, I think I'm ready to start again, just like that. And literally, like, you know, within a week or so later, give or take, um, this big white flash of light shot through the bedroom and bounced right back out. Now, the manor house is, is, is high up. you know, they didn't high up and I tested everything with lights believe me because I'm one of those people <laughs> yeah. and and I looked I'm like reflections okay cars never they couldn't reach up there there's just no way and this was like a beam of light that went in started researching that yes this is a thing you know one night I was getting ready to go to sleep and I you know I'm just I'm just laying there and I look and I'm going what the hell <laughs> is that what I think it is and 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 it was like a great it was a great. it was like a four-foot gray right in front of me and I could see the silhouette, you know, because he was in front of the window.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then it got I got a little closer. I could see the lens because it was a reflection from the eyes. And, and and I just sat there going, all I could come up with, seriously, I was stunned. <laughs> I went, nope. I rolled <laughs> I just <laughs> rolled over. I'm like, I'm not doing this right now. And 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 that was it. And I and when I peeked back over, it was, it was just gone. Very respectful, you know, and, and not a problem. There have been so many experiences like that with that and it just confirms anybody that i've spoken to who's really versed in in, in the field of ufology and abductions and, and experiences and they're like yes because that's it was a you know they are on an average respectful and it's not like that for everybody i've interviewed tons of people who have really horrific experiences i've interviewed people who said no it was just really amazing you know they get downloads i get downloads like, I mean, I would I would wake up sometimes and have hands on the, the back of my head and, you know, taking information, giving information. If I was researching things, all of a sudden I'm doing something completely different. And I'm going, how the hell did I get here? And realize it was something I was just eventually I had, you know, maybe a case coming or mm-hmm. I had something coming up and it pertained to it. It's just bizarre how it works. You know,
1: And then you're being prepared for whatever it was coming and you didn't even know that was coming.
2: No, no yeah. clue. No clue. So I, I think I think a lot of people have experiences. I just, you know, some people can be aware of those experiences. Some people aren't allowed to be aware of those experiences. It could be because of something that's coming in their lives that we're not made privy to. It could just be that maybe that individual didn't handle it very well. Because the first time I ever has <laughs> had something touch me before I actually said, okay, I'm ready, I just remember saying, touch me and I'll break your arm. Oh, yeah, That was it. And then everything just stopped. Like at that point, because I'm just like, pff, you know, like boundaries, bad touch, bad touch. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't touch me. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really, it took me a while to realize, and I'm pretty fearless, I deal with all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff, <laughs> but it took me a while to realize that this was okay that this wasn't, like, a bad thing in my case. Mm -hmm. And when I embraced it, it opened up a whole other world for me, a whole other world. So you just see them. You just see them. I'd be driving, you know, and I'd say, where are you? All of a sudden I'd see a flash in the sky. I went, you know, I'd be, okay, thank you. You know, like, things like that. I've seen all kinds of crazy things. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm thinking... I had not noticed this before. It's like your eyes open up and it's just like, you just see things like through different pair of glasses, you know, but meanwhile, it's probably been going on all along. And you just didn't notice. No, life is busy. I, yeah. I always say that even with, you know, spirits trying to get your attention. You know, I, I think we're conditioned in this life. We work hard. You come home from work. If you have a family, you take care of your family. You do homework. You make dinner. You go to soccer. You know, whatever the case may be. You get up the next day. The process starts again. Mm-hmm. If you leave a glass on the table and you come home and it's moved, are you going to say to yourself, ah, that's right. I forgot to put that away. Or are you going to say, that thing's moved? Nine times out of 10, people yep. say, ah, I forgot to put that away. Mm-hmm. They just don't recognize the signs. Or you just, it's not, you don't acknowledge it, maybe. That's all. Life just keeps us too busy to look at the obvious. And there's a whole other world going on around us.
1: When I first started the show, I used to think paranormal was just ghosts. And then I soon learned that. No, uh, it's <laughs> extraterrestrials, it's dimensional, Everything. it's just, yeah, just yeah. pretty much anything weird. So in the yeah. beginning, um, people would message me and say, oh, I had an extraterrestrial experience. And I'm like, sorry, it's paranormal, I only want ghosts. Now I want these people because I realize, no, I mean, these people are willing yeah. to want to discuss their experiences. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just it's funny and how it's my important. perspective has changed.
2: But that's what I'm talking about with with evolution you know where we we evolve as we become more aware and I think some of it like I said for me a lot was mindset and and I do have a degree of fear at first and I realized this has been a part of my life since I was a child I remember now it's like I'm like oh my god I used to see crafts all like pretty regularly Mm
3: -hmm. like
2: pretty regularly I remember stories of my grandfather my mother my father telling me stories you know my mother telling me other stories I'm thinking your, your contacty. they've had an experience, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of it that they're aware of, you know, but she got into more details with me and I was like, wow, that is crazy. You know, we're all negative blood types too, which, you know, like my wow. mother and father, when they met back in the day, the doctor would say you might've had like maybe 8% of the world population back then. I'm aging myself a bit, but you know, how, and he said, <laughs> how do you two find each other? Like, like, you know, like especially here on this side of the world, because there are different parts of the world you know, in, in Europe and like Scotland and the Basque area of southern France and high concentrations of, of negative blood types. And um, and that's it. You know, mm. we all we all are. And um, as you start researching more to that, well, then that branches out into well, where the negative blood type come from. Yeah. You know, and. Thirty thousand years ago, you know, you had many people have brown hair, brown eyes. That's that's the end of it. So where did all the blue hair, red hair, blue eyed, and green eyes, especially hazel eyes? Yeah, all all these different color hair. You know, because my actual real hair is 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 uh, it's got a red, really red highlights, but orangey red highlights. Okay you know, so that's, you know, but I do have, I do have, you know, Scotland and, and,
1: too. and yep. England
2: and everything. Yeah. And in the, in the bloodlines so are like, okay, well, that's passed down. You know, that's cool. But where did it come from? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different theories with that as well. So I don't know, you know, a, a generational, that means that, uh, that this has been going on throughout my ancestry.
1: That's amazing. So now, we know that you have abilities that also you have from other family members as well
2: that have oh, uh, many. Yeah. 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 But again, that's one of those things that, you know, people who have had contact and who are experiencers have come back saying, uh, I just have all these abilities now. So for us, if it's generational,
3: mm-hmm.
2: because this, I mean, I, on both sides of my family, I would see it. At first I thought it was just my mom's side because they would talk about it all the time. My father's side is very quiet about it. And my father's later, year, as he got older, he says, oh, yeah, blah, 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 this would happen. I'm like, you made me think I was crazy as a child. <laughs> what the heck is this about? And he goes, I still like talking about it. You know, his sister still doesn't talk about it. It was just like. And I'm like, all right, all right, we'll go with that.
1: Well, there was a time you didn't discuss it. I mean, I have a—my mother comes from a very large family. There's 13 siblings, so I have a lot of cousins— Lots yeah. of cousins. And quite a few years ago, I had a family member. Uh, we were talking when Messenger was out way before Facebook and everything, and we used to chat all the time. And he yeah. had a drinking problem. Come to find out, once he knew that what I was into, he says, "Cat, I need to talk to you. I'm like, yeah, what's going on? He says, I, I, I see ghosts. I'm crazy. And I'm like, oh, no, you're not. It runs in the family. He goes, what? He, yeah. didn't, he didn't know. And I think his his coping mechanism was to drink, well, to try and like. a secret. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but family members, we, you know, my mom was always open about it. I had a couple other mm-hmm. family members who were open about it too. But um, yeah, so when you f- start seeing that your family, like you're not the only one in the family, he's just like, oh, my God, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So uh, he lives in a different province than everybody else did. Uh, Mm -hmm. So but back in the day, you just didn't discuss stuff like that. But my mom was always the type that um, she was a trailblazer. She was um, very advanced for uh, the time that she was in, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. she would just tell people. Uh, speak her mind when women shouldn't have spoken her, their minds, you know. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. She yeah, went to an yeah. all girls ca- Catholic school and she would yeah. ask questions to the nuns and she would get in trouble because she was asking questions. She's like, Yeah, but I'm curious. I would have known. You're not telling me.
2: No, it's true. But that's yeah. part of the conditioning, I think, just yeah. what you're mentioning. You know, religion teaches you. The difference between again religion and spirituality a lot of people think well religion is spirituality so some of it but a lot of other different types of religion are more conditioning you know Mm -hmm. you can talk about this you can't talk about this you know there are amalgamations of many other ancient cultures and belief systems Mm -hmm. which is great because you you're bringing things together um, with different ranges of beliefs and you can get into you know, you can get into the Old Testament, New Testament. It's all there. It all talked about, you know, paranormal and, and stuff that was left out, like the Book of Enoch, you know. And uh, there's there's tons and tons and tons of stuff that goes back, you know, yep. to to ancient parts of religion. You can see old paintings of religious figures that we all know and love with UFOs in there mm-hmm. that go back back hundreds of years you know. so it's kind of like well all right you know and i think they i think the vatican even has uh, a head of an extraterrestrial so they all know you know this is a lot of information that that has we've been suppressed that we've not been allowed to know is it for our own good or, or is it because you know the unknown there are many different reasons i'm sure but it's like somewhere along the line we have a technology where we can see things. Everybody's got one of these now, you yep. know. And I think this part part of the reasons that maybe disclosure is slowing to be, you know, the United States is probably one of the last people to really get on board with disclosure. There are countries in the world, like, you know, France and Brazil, they're like right in there. You here Here's a center or something goes on, report it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, France, okay, we saw a UFO here. They report it. Like, it's, it's very, very different throughout the world as to how, you know, the information was put out there for the common person. But now people are seeing them. Uh-huh. And you can't just say, no, you didn't, because the same information they use on these phones to track us is some of the same stuff that's giving yeah. us the ability <laughs> to capture, you know, as close to what's evidence, you know. I mean, you can see something flying in the sky. It looks like UFO, shaped like a UFO, doesn't mean it's something that's unexplained it could just mean that it's reverse engineered there's a lot mm-hmm. of things to factor in but at least at least dialogue is opening up with okay. it and it's a start
1: you know so many people all the time say that uh, we're not meant to know to, for our protection and i and i keep saying how do we know it's for our protection maybe it's to protect the other entities because humans when mm-hmm. we're afraid or we don't know we can be very destructive we can kill off so much so maybe oh, yes. we're not meant to know because we're protecting the other species and maybe we're the the uh, the ones that everybody else fears and that's why we're being suppressed we don't know
2: well, maybe we're the prison planet. That's also well, yeah, another that's theory. That's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let's just throw the problem kids. Uh, you know, take them and put them on this planet and let them just do their thing together. Yeah. You know, here we talk about throw oh, them all in an island. Or maybe that's kind of what they were thinking. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, there's so many theories. Like you know, Gray's or us in the future. Um, yeah. You know, everybody also assumes that these things come from different galaxies and the stars. They 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 don't all come from there. They come from. Our planets have I been mean, here, you know, like we, we've, we're, we're just the third or fourth round of civilization on this planet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was kept from us as well due to conditioning of the religious belief system, yep. you know, that that many people are a part of. Oh no, 2,000 years ago, no, finding things that are 200, 300 million years old, if not more, billion, you know, like you can't keep that uh, a secret. Things are, are you know, Things are coming up out of the ocean. People we're, there are technologies. We're, we're seeing things that are under the ocean, old civilizations. We just we have we have two continents that you know we've located that are under the water. Mm-hmm. Like we, there's there's just you can't you just can't keep hiding it and suppressing it. There's petroglyphs everywhere. There's monuments from ancient civilizations everywhere that clearly show other civilizations. The Hopi talked about, you know, the the, the ant people. You know, big heads and, 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 and look like ants with the big eyes yeah. that lived underground that helped them. You know, the, the Brazilian people, people of South America will tell you that they were helped by, by you know, reptilian
3: mm-hmm.
2: races. Go to South America and look at all the ancient monuments, <laughs> all to reptilian races. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they come out of our waters. They come out of the oceans. People see these things come out of the oceans. Are there bases under there for sure? Are there just... You know, civilizations that can exist under the water—absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like I think we're we're just—I feel like in a way, like oh, like we're the new kids on the block, and we're, we're <laughs> just simple because we're we're just never allowed to evolve at our own pace. You know. Mm-hmm. I've, so I've
1: sent so many times that the thing that fascinates me the most about the paranormal, and every aspect of the paranormal is everybody in every culture doesn't matter your religion everyone has had these experiences so there has mm-hmm. to be something to it If the entire globe mm-hmm. every you know culture has had these these same creatures or experiences they might mm-hmm. call them by a different name but they're pretty much yes. the same creature and just mm-hmm. how can you just turn a blind eye to that
2: I agree with you I agree with you 100% there's so many similarities i think it's a matter of figuring out what is it Do we have a lost soul that's wandering around or are we dealing with a, as my producer would say, a dimensional bleed through? Because, you know, sometimes people will report seeing a loved one or themselves and they look different and, you know, you're, you're taught to think, well, that's a mimic. That's not really your loved one. How do we know we're not just traversing or, you know, just having experiences dimensionally Because allegedly we live simultaneous lives, which could be dimensionally speaking. How do we know we're not getting a glimpse of one of our loved ones or an individual just coming through momentarily? And I mean, don't get me wrong. You have your replays. You have all of that. There's full explanations for it. I'm just saying it's another possibility out of probably several. And you just really have to open your mind to it. It's just... It can be mind-bending when you think. This is too many. <laughs> yeah, so it's just want generic, you know, it's sensory um,
1: overload because there's so many possibilities.
2: There is a lot of possibilities, and there are a lot of people out there who are, you know, researching and getting to the field. And and I do. know Media has a way of oh of shifting things, so you're not getting everything that you're supposed to be getting with you know with respects to information. And a lot of people are. I, where I say that, you know, the couch investigators, because it's all they have, they may not have something in their community. And they look up to the people mm-hmm. who they see on television. So I always say, you know, like, you see me on television, I've been doing it for 20 years. But I don't believe everything is a demon. I give you five answers to every question. I, they're gonna go for the dramatic one every time. And, and I don't blame them. this is what they do. this is this is entertainment what they do I don't have yep. yeah, I don't have creative control. I don't get to decide mm-hmm. what is there. All I can do is is educate and give every viable answer that I have. and that's all I can do. I'm you know, that's why I'm just like, no, no, I, I don't believe that yep. all the time. I'm pretty logical. And it's hard because when I work with somebody and say, well, you're projecting energy. And they're just like, what? So I try to be very gentle and I'll send a link to psychokinesis. I just emailed it off. I go, if you see yourself in here, yeah, you know, can you maybe just give some thought and just say, you know, do you see yourself in here? Is this a possibility? Because I'm not that person. I don't know 100% that this is what you're doing. I just know that not there's nothing. It's not leaning towards anything else. Yeah right and psychokinesis people just so you know doors will open and close footsteps cupboard doors open up psych like poltergeist activity projection of energy
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know we're amazing creatures we are amazing we, can we don't do know amazing it. things no i think yeah. it's easier for some people to think there's something really aggressive in the house than it is for them to wrap their head around the fact that they're an incredible being with a powerful essence that can do all of this amazing stuff
1: That when people say I have moved like five times in the past year and it follows me, it's like, are you sure it's following you and it's not coming from you? And they're like, no, no, it's following me. It's attached. How do I get rid of it? You got to do more research. You got to do a little bit more soul searching, talk to family members. You know, it's like, yeah, like you said, it's it's not all demons.
2: It's no, it's not, it's not. And an aggressive spirit can do, you know, just as much damage um, you know, as anything otherworldly, mm-hmm. but again, you know, when you start getting into the mix, you asked about paranormal and and um, extraterrestrials. You would be surprised just how similar the the experiences are. Yep. So it's really hard to say one way or another. I had I had somebody on my show who basically said, "Yeah, I had experiences with extraterrestrials, and they growled at him." I'm like, "Come on." And it goes, I kid you not. I'm like, really? <laughs> it was. I think it was a, 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 a white a, or a tall gray. A tall gray goes, and it growled at me. I'm just like, who knew? I would I yeah. <laughs> It's always a learning experience, you know, yeah. as you know. When guests come on and you get you get this dialogue going, and I, I'm like, I had absolutely no idea yeah. that they could growl. But I mean, why not? We can growl, I suppose, yeah. y- you know, so – I'm like, okay, but for me, in the line of work that that I was primarily doing, I, I, okay, you heard a growl, and then I come on site, and then, you know, there's there's photographs being captured by you know the family members of, well, this is a gray, yep, that sure and heck is, hmm. so it's just like, but you're not finding anything else, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, I that's what was growling. Now I think back and go, unbelievable. So we're only looking at half the equation. I have some friends who have a a
1: podcast, Not Paranormal, but they like to have me on for the Halloween special. And um, they were totally flabbergasted when I told them because – you know, somebody's having an experience that the cupboard doors are, are slamming uh, yeah. and they automatically think it's demonic. And I'm like, no, it's not necessarily de- demonic. It could be the entity is trying to contact you. They're so frustrated. I said, yes. And they're like, what? I said, well, how do you like it if, You're talking to me, and I'm totally ignoring you, and you're going to be, like, trying to, like, get my attention, and you might start throwing things because you're getting pissed because, you know, you know I can see you, you know I can hear you, but I'm totally ignoring you. It's the same thing for some spirits. I mean, they're frustrated. They want to communicate so badly, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you're just not either able to or you're just ignoring them for whatever reason, and they're frustrated. So it's Mm -hmm. not always demons, and they were totally like, oh, I had no idea
2: that's true. I I think people need to, if you're recognizing what's going on, it's definitely consideration. If you have a spirit individual, for example, who doesn't know they passed on, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're they're kind of wondering, why are you sitting in my chair? I'm sitting here, or I was going to sit there, or why are you in this room? Do you not see me in here? I'm being cordial. You're not responding to me. I have seen hauntings, hauntings, quotations, um, completely stop just because i said just explain to them i can't see you i'm sorry you you're 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 deceased we're happy to, to that you're here um we're not going to ruin the house we're changing things or or whatever the case may be we love the house too and sometimes just having him do dialogue and say well fred here for example he likes to sit here by the window at this time cuz he used to watch his show or he used to read a book and the family's like okay so during this time nobody comes in the room and bothers fred that's it everything goes quiet isn't that and amazing? It, it is. It's it's amazing. And Absolutely people who is and people
1: who say they're skeptics and they don't believe in this stuff. I mean, how can you not?
2: Oh my God! There's so many stories of, of spirit individuals being active parts of the family. You know, there was one story. I mean, it was it was a family I worked with. Someone was breaking into the house, and the spirits not only notified the family, but they 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 basically spoke the the the, the intruder. To the point where it we went out. That's amazing. We were totally, oh, yeah. 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 So it's like active, you know, fire is starting. Spirits wake the family up. Yeah. Or they rile up the animals. Yeah. To, to wake the family up. Like, there's just a lot going on. You're still... You're still, it's your essence. It doesn't change who you are. If you're not a nice person in life, you're not going to be necessarily a nice spirit. You're still going to be ornery if you're stuck, you yeah. know? Yeah. If you're a nice person, that doesn't change. All those attributes, the subconscious, everything remains within the essence, not the physical, Right.
1: The listeners have heard this uh, several times, but when we lived in Alberta, uh, the gentleman um, had passed. So we bought the house from this elderly lady. She was a widow, but her husband was still in the house. And Mm. I would wake up to—it was an old, old thermostat, so it's not something you could program through your phone or anything like that. You physically had to touch the switch. And every night I would wake up and it was stifling because the heat was cranked. And at first I thought it was the kids— but their mm-hmm. bed, I sleep with my bedroom door open. They sleep with theirs closed, and when they open it, I can hear it. I'm a light sleeper. I would have heard something, but I still say, "Hey, did you guys get up and turn up the heat? Because it's not cool. Yeah. You're you're like you don't pay for the hydro." And, and then,
2: elderly people are always
1: cold. Yep, yep. <laughs> so true. then, so then uh, yeah. they said, "No, it's not me." So what I did was I took a bunch of pieces of paper and I put it on the floor by the wall, and I made sure that it was far enough that somebody couldn't reach over the the papers. They actually had to walk on the papers. So then the next day, I would know somebody walked on it Mm -hmm. the heat turned on in the middle of the night and I looked down and the papers are are undisturbed like they nothing's been walked on it nothing so I just kind of chuckled and said okay this has to stop you're not paying for the hydro you're you're not hurting anybody you're welcome to stay here um but uh, my husband didn't want him to stay because he's totally he thinks that no all ghosts (laughs) need to go but I told I told him I said if you want to stay here that's fine but you don't pay for the hydro and you need to turn this off or I will get rid of you and it stopped
2: yeah. See, it goes to show. It's it's just communication. I'm yep. just so grateful that somebody was communicating because they just go through life the way they always went through life. Yep.
1: And apparently, you know? he was a big gardener. That our, our property was big for this for the uh, size of the town that we we're in, and he had at one point three or four gardens. You know, uh, and my husband has a green thumb. I have a black thumb of death when it comes to plants. (laughs) Uh, But my husband, he was putting in plants and gardens and everything. So he probably saw that... um, because it was always the original family that lived in, in the house. Nobody else lived there. And then we moved yeah, in. Right. And uh, he's probably like, what What the hell are you doing in my house type thing? But he saw yeah. that we had a family. He he had re- raised his family in that house. You know, my husband's a gardener, you know, green thumb and plants and all that. So Right, um, right. But, yeah, it was yeah. really interesting as soon as you acknowledge them.
2: Yes, but sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. That's all it takes. So... I always tell people, be careful. <clears throat> you never know what you're actually dealing with. There's a lot of things out yes. there also that can mimic, you know, something gentle. And then as soon as you say things like, oh, you can stay, you know, I've seen it go the other way. It just goes completely amok. So it is really hard. It's it's really tough to gauge it. Be you careful know, what you wish signs. for. It's, yes. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. I think I've talked about this a lot myself, um, is grieving. I think when people grieve, we put ourselves in a different mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, you want those signs. You may not be a big believer in the paranormal, for example, but you still want signs from your loved ones. Well, there are things out there that, prey on people like that i know because i have worked with so many families over the years who have fallen prey to that they just so desperately want to sign and they invite it in they don't even realize it and they start thinking oh look the light's going and you're just like oh hey you know and they think they're communicating with their loved ones and then things start amping up Mm -hmm. but they just open themselves up with with their mindset they're like this is okay but really it's not. Your loved one will always give you gentle signs. They'll never do anything to scare you. Yep. It will usually be really pleasant smells or, um, you know, certain birds or flowers or things like that. I mean, they're, they're going to be gentle. You know, I had a friend who used to call me the same time every day. The phone would ring the same time every day. And then I'd pick it up and there'd never be anybody there.
1: There are so. signs and we don't know, even know it half the time.
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, again, birds are a really big one, butterflies, dragonflies. uh, I've experienced many of those myself. I've worked with many people who've had those same sort of experiences are pretty traditional. And a lot of these things, if you, you just look it up now, you know, you get the representation of what they are, look for synchronicities as well. Like if I, you know, if I had my mother notorious for synchronicities, so many different things, you know, going on. And I am like, all right, all right. And then it, and it all follows suit. And then mm-hmm. you get this amazing number that comes up. I go look it up. It's like, all right, all right, all right. And it falls in suit with everything else that's been happening in yeah. that day. See, we don't pay attention. Universal give you all kinds of synchronicities. Like when I was, last time I went up to visit her, there was a truck on the road, a transport truck. And I looked up. And there was my maiden name, just spelled one digit off. I was Ah. just like, okay, never seen it before, you know. But my mother's last name, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just little things that once you start to recognize synchronicities, you will see them everywhere, and they will unfold into a story for your day or an event, anything that you're meant to be doing. might even be something as simple as, Call this person. They, mm-hmm. they they're in a bad way. They need you, you know, or you're 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 gonna move here, you're gonna do something, and you start seeing everything that pertains to maybe the representation of the area you're supposed to be in, or the name of the area you're supposed to be in. It is craziness, but you know what? It is so much fun.
1: Agreed. <laughs> well, I think yeah. that would be a good spot to end the episode yeah um, thank you so much, Michelle. Um pleasure for, you know, it really means a lot to me that you're helping me celebrate my one hundredth episode. and,
2: uh, yeah, it means a lot to me to be here. I love it. Thank you Thank you. you. yeah,
1: um, so before we go, if you could tell the listeners where they could find you?
2: um, well, you can pretty much find me everywhere. I'm not a big communicator on social media, um just because of the fact that I just get too much. And I apologize for that. I'm not trying to be mean. I just can't keep up with it. Uh, MichelleDeRosha.com is a good place to go uh, look for me. Uh, Wednesday nights and Thursday nights, you know, the radio show, uh, which is The Outer Realm with Michelle DeRosha and Amelia Pozzano on United Public Radio Network. And it's 9 p.m. Eastern on both those nights. And so for those who I get a lot of questions why don't we see you on TV? Well, you can see me right here. How about that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so that's probably the best way. That's awesome. So, yeah, thank you.
1: Good and listeners, as always, I'll have the links in the show notes, so it'll be easier for you to find. So thanks again.
2: Thank you. Much love
1: and respect to you. You take care.
2: And you as well. Thank, thank, you. thank you,
1: folks. That was Michelle De Rocher. I hope you enjoyed listening to her as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. She has so much paranormal knowledge and I'm so happy she was able to make time for my 100th episode. Now, let's hear what John Mallard has to share with us in regards to his recent near-death experience and other topics. Hello, John. Welcome to Paranormal Heart podcast 100th episode.
0: My little girl's all grown up. (laughs) She's all grown up. (laughs) 100 episodes later. Yep. Do you know you're among the top 25, uh, no, I think it was 23% of podcasts, uh, just based on the fact that you got past 100 episodes. Really? Yeah, did you know that that no only a, only a very small percentage of podcasts keep going after the first three years?
1: I did not know this.
0: Did you know that there are more podcasts that aren't no longer man, so to speak, or womaned in your case, <laughs> or no longer peopled? As Mr. Trudeau would say, oh, people geez. kind is no longer making them happen. There's more dead podcasts or dead space, we'll say, than there is live podcasts now in Canada. Did you know that?
1: I did not.
0: Wow. So, so to your fans and to you, congratulations.
1: Well, thank you. You are
0: among a small number of people who continue to do this through hell or high water, no matter how hard things are, no matter how sick you are, yep. no matter how tired you are, No, it doesn't matter. You keep doing it. And uh, I'm not surprised. That's my little girl there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you
1: so much. I mean, I remember when um, I asked you, John, I'm thinking of starting your podcast and should I? And we were talking about this just a couple of minutes ago before recording. And you said, you know, three questions. Is it going to harm anyone? And I said, no. Is it going to help anyone? And I said, well, I hope so. And then you said, well, why wouldn't you? Then I'm like, well, okay, then. <laughs> it was pretty much a no-brainer.
0: Oh, yeah. And and I can remember the first time I had you on, actually. It was yep. uh, my friend Kevin St. Pierre told me about you. Yep. And uh, I met Kevin at a convention here in St. John's. And he said, yeah, I got to hook you up a Cat Ward. She loves weird shit. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And and through the jigs and the reels, it was uh, oh, such a Newfoundland expression that time. <laughs> through the jigs and the reels, I uh, I'll have to go Newfie on you every now and then. That's okay. It, uh, it made complete sense to have you on for the Mother's Day special. Yeah. Because what a lot of people don't know is I do believe Kat is a mom. <laughs> I am.
1: Two, two yeah. Uh, yeah, adults now, all well, 19 and 22. But yeah, and, and on that episode, I was with Melissa. Oh, I don't remember her last name. She moved to Ireland since.
0: Oh, no, I forget her name, too. She's such a sweetheart, though. If you're listening, She's Melissa, I'm so the, sorry. Uh, She's the one who wrote the everything uh, ghost hunting book. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I have to look that oh up now. Oh, my God.
0: Not Coates. What's her last name? You know what? I, I think she got, Melissa, she got married. She can...
1: Is it Melissa Martin Elise?
0: Yes. Yes. Melissa Martin Ellis. Or Ellis. Ellis yes. yes sorry. Yes. Yes. Yep. yes there so, you go. So, so my hello, God, I call,
1: Melissa, call if you're listening. How long
0: ago was that, right? Oh, my
1: God. Yeah, I know.
0: I was so deeply into ghost hunting at the time that um, getting her on the show was a really big deal.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, I knew that, you know, I, I really, really wanted to have her on, but then it was also the time that I was talking to Kevin. He was like, man, like you got to get cat. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll do a double header. They're both moms. They're both ladies. Screw it. I'll do double header. And I never done another one since.
1: Oh, wow.
0: It was an interesting thing for you. I don't do that double episodes anymore. Huh. And the reason why is the reason why is because I really feel like every episode should be belong to the person. Yeah. And, uh, you know it doesn't surprise me in the least back then though it was kind of like i really want to have ron i was impatient on my part <laughs> but, but anyway what a, what a wonderful conversation and then a few weeks later you know i want to start my podcast i get the question and it's okay cool well what are you gonna name it
1: <laughs> yes and thankful to you you are the mm-hmm. one that, that named this baby
0: <laughs> Oddly, it's, it's weird isn't it how we're all connected and uh, the podcasting community is large now bigger than it ever was but uh there are little pockets and niches like us who exist who can message each other anytime. Yes. I still get messages from Jim Mallard of all people. I still get randomly every few months. Hey man, how are you? Like it still happens. So yeah. it's, uh,
1: I it's, still, I still chat with Jim uh, daily a lot of time, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, great. another guy who helped me with the podcast too. And, oh, yeah. and I have to say when I first started, um, you gave me, uh, lots of advice, but one of them was because Jim Mallard helped you with your show, Out to Newfoundland. Um, he helped you out and he didn't, he didn't okay. want anything in return And you said, well, someday I'm going to return the favor to somebody else. And you did that with me. And then you said, pay it forward. Yeah. You said, pay it forward. If ever you can make sure it's someone you believe in. And I bet I met my buddy, Tommy Cullum, that you were on his show over in the UK. I was on his show last year and he had only been doing it for two months. So at the end of the interview, when he told me that, I thought two months, are you kidding me? He was doing great. And so I've been sending him guests, you know, um, introducing him to other people. So I've paid it forward and I told him, I said, because I believe in your show, I like, I really love his, his content. He's a great guy. So, and, uh, he calls me his paranormal sister. I call him his paranormal brother and yeah, people like you, like we might not talk to each other for the longest time, but then we can pick up the conversation. Like it's only been a couple of days.
0: And it's interesting because so much goes on in our lives and uh, it's just my life is one of the very bizarre and strange and weird anyway. Mm-hmm. Just things I do for a living, the, the the hobbies I have, like I'm in Florida right now. Yep. Okay, with my in-laws, my wife, and my two children, my foster kids flying down in a few days. Wow. Uh, come be with us for a week too, because before we got them, we had this all booked, so we actually added an extra week to our vacation. It's a three week vacation for me. Oh, nice. and by the way. I pre recorded an episode of the Odds New Flying Panama podcast come out May first because I'm not gonna be home on May third. <laughs>
3: nice. So
0: I try my best not to miss too much. I ha- I have been taking breaks here now, and most of it's health related, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, once again I'm not a hundred percent still even to now, but I'm good enough to go do the things I wanna do. And uh I'm here now, beautiful by the pool here in Florida. Have a little look-see over here. A lot of the oh, hot tub is in the nice, pool. yeah. It's all in the dark now. The family are all inside, sleeping, looking out the window, going, what the hell is he doing out there now? <laughs> uh, and it's just, my life is so all over the place. you really got to get specific questions with me <laughs> nowadays. Oh, it's
3: okay. Because
0: if well, I go off on a tangent, I mean, I could be off, I'm talking about foster care one minute, talking about electronic voice phenomena the next, and then talking about professional wrestling.
1: Well, so... cuz you you're you're all of those. I mean, you've done professional wrestling. You know, you, you're a, I call you an EVP specialist because you have a really good ear when it comes to EVPs. I don't hear shit, pardon my French. <laughs> mm. I have a real hard time hearing things, um picking things out, but you have a really good ear for that.
0: I think it comes from um to be honest with you, and this might sound a little strange, but actually I think that comes from wrestling. Uh, one of the things when you're in the ring, and, and I know it's a lost art now, but uh, in professional wrestling, there's two things. Really, first off, all, just reading the crowd and hearing through the crowd. Usually when you're surrounded by a thousand people, they're all cheering, all you hear is this. Yeah. You don't hear any real uh, one or two things, but over the years, I got the ability to hear people, you know, who are closer to the ringside saying what they want to say, and using that as an opportunity to interact with them. Mm. So, for instance, I heard, "Yeah, kick him in the guts," like through all the crowd, <laughs> yeah. I'd go, "Oh yeah," and then I kick him in the guts, <laughs> and then that person would go, "Oh, we did it! Yay!" And the, right? crowd, so, yeah. and the crowd goes
1: wild. Yeah, the
0: crowd goes well, or that one person.
1: <laughs> well, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so there's that, and then there's the other part of it too, where. Um, and once again, I'll say it again, it's a lost art calling a professional wrestling match. Most people don't do it anymore. They plan their matches from start to beginning. Uh, but when I'm in the ring, it's it's. I usually call my match while I'm in there. So I got to have really good listening skills and the ability to talk with my mouth looking kind of like this. So you can hear <laughs> on a thing, nothing's moving. And it's, uh, it's not easy for people to, to hear and do. Then there's the other part of it, too, where I'm in Newfoundland. Very few bands come here. I never ruined my ears as a young child at all. Like, I got good hearing. I really do. And it's uh, it's it's part of that EVP research. I mean, unfortunately, I've spent more time in my life lying down with a pair of headphones on, listening to nothing,
3: mm-hmm,
0: <laughs> than i probably spent doing anything else. So it's it's interesting. I think I clocked myself one time for an investigation I did over the course of three weeks because – I was the kind of guy who liked to go back to a place three or four times. It's
1: important to go back.
0: uh, Wow. I mean, people don't do it. And not only that people can barely get into places now because of COVID too. Even now COVID's an issue. And I mean, Mm -hmm. we're talking something that's been going on now for almost four years. I
1: know it's wild.
0: It's crazy, but I'm glad it, I'm glad it happened in a lot of ways as I think it really COVID really got people who aren't truly at this for passionate reasons just got them onto other things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. If you're not 100% dedicated to something like the reality of it is, is right now I, I sold my ghost hunting gear a few months back. Did you really? Every single piece of it. Wow. And I took it and I, and I put it up and I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to record anymore. I'm not going to be doing this anymore. I want to focus on podcast and maybe something else.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, this is even before wrestling came back into my life again. But anyway, the, the objective for me was to, I can't part ways with something that's still in my closet. It has to come out. It has to be given to the next generation. Like mm-hmm. I sold three or four spirit boxes, a bunch of recorders, a Rod of a diode. Oh my God, everything I had. Hmm. And the guy who bought it for me was going to start a show. And I was like, man, I can't think of a better person to give it to here. If you got any questions, let me know. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Good luck. And uh, he took it and went on, and I was so I felt uh, a little sad, but at the same time, I also felt like okay, uh, no, this is a good, this is a good chapter. Mm-hmm. It's only a chapter in your life. It's time to turn the page on it. And uh, the podcast is something I want to keep till I can't do it anymore. So my mission is to have that there, and there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, uh, the recent health scare a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, I mean, I was I should be dead realistically. I shouldn't be alive. I, th- I think it's important to have a record there for my kids yeah, so they can hear my voice anytime they want. My little guys can listen to me talk about monsters and goblins and weird stuff anytime, anywhere. I, th- I think that's a pretty powerful motivator. And there's the, also the other part of it too, where professional wrestling has come back into my life again now.
1: That I didn't know.
0: Yeah. So mm. time for me to tell you all about it then. Yes, Why not? Yes. So this is pretty interesting. So, So an interesting thing happens when you almost die and you're almost 40. Your midlife crisis happens a little earlier. (laughs) Yeah. A few friends of mine, uh, we were together chatting and he goes, you know, like I really miss wrestling. I was like, yeah, me too, man. Uh, To be honest with you, after this health scare, I'm feeling like I want to have one more run. And there are other promotions going on here. uh, But like (sighs) my overall feeling is that they're either run by people who aren't uh dedicated to wrestling as a culture.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they, they're the type of people who will purposely not talk about what happened before to show everything's new. Or they're run by people who have the best of intentions but just don't have the resources to make things the way they should be, like at a certain level. Um, Newfoundland is not known for its professional wrestling and I think that is a travesty. Absolute travesty. There are people who are in my province right now, who are so ridiculously talented, who are overlooked completely because they are in Newfoundland. No other reason why if they're wrestling in Quebec. They'd be noticed. Oh yeah. Quebec's so, big for years. Massive for wrestling, wrestling big. So me and my three friends are sitting around. We look at each other and say, wait now we're all in, you no, know, we're not in horrible shape. We all kind of laughed. We're going to get in shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, we know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good, guys. I don't feel like I can go out and wrestle a five-star match or anything, but I I don't feel like I could go out there and embarrass myself either. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like we all realized, wow, like this is a part of us that kind of got taken away because we all became parents. We all became dedicated to other things. And it's like, you know, like, well, fuck it. What if we went and bought a ring? And
1: you did.
0: The ring arrives in two weeks.
1: That's exciting.
0: Six months to get, six months to get to here. It's the first ever twenty by twenty professional wrestling ring to ever come to Newfoundland.
1: That's amazing.
0: Which, which is pretty cool. We also pulled our money together and got a nice big entrance way, so we're going to look really professional. We put stuff off, and I'm doing something I always love to do, which is be creative. I'm writing storylines for wrestlers now that are years in the making. So that's what I'm doing right now. I've, I've taken my my author. My author abilities now that I use for, you know, write my own book, New FVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland, and put it towards creating moments and memories and stories, and uh, I'm really, really excited to get back to that again. It's, uh, it's something I did before for a short period. I never really got a chance to bring it to fruition, but my ideas are very good when it comes to wrestling, and uh, I'm super excited to see just people's eyes light up when they read my stuff, and they go, oh, yeah, I can see me doing that for a year. Yeah, let's do it. You so, might put
1: Newfoundland on the map for wrestling.
0: I think Newfoundland is on the map. It's just not, unfortunately, a lot of maps don't even have Newfoundland on it. Let's just be honest; they forget us. <laughs> <laughs> Newfoundland is like the little bastard stepchild that nobody wanted, <laughs> last one to join Confederation. Yeah, we'll take these idiots, whatever. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I I've always had this feeling like Newfoundland's always been just you know third world. Country in Canada because it doesn't Have anything like I'm sorry but like I went to Moncton okay not long ago I Yep And the worst streaks in Moncton The worst streaks in Moncton look better than Newfoundland Really Our harbor front is gorgeous Yeah and a lot of downtown heritage sites are beautiful But for the most part Our city is just it makes no sense If you ever gone to Newfoundland and drove Around you'd be so confused I still can't find My way around (laughs) it's just
1: (laughs) And you're from
0: there I know. I know. I'm horrible (laughs) with direction anyway, though, Cat. I'm a type (laughs) A personality. Like, you can tell me what to get you at Walmart a hundred times unless you write it down. Ain't gonna happen. (laughs) With directions. uh, I really feel like Newfoundland's always been kind of left out in a lot of ways. And it's part of the culture, too. And uh, it's felt very deeply. So when I tell people, no, 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 you can be a best-selling author, just like me. You can have an award-winning podcast just like me. You can be a professional heavyweight champion just like me. You can have eleven foster kids just like me. You can do all these great things. It's just the culture doesn't even can't even absorb it because it's just this. Uh, what's the word we're looking here for? It, it, it feels like it feels like the world's a little bit more hopeless since this COVID thing happened. I think, and uh, it's it's time to bring some of that hope back. I think, and uh, in wrestling we call it the Hope Spot. It's something for the the good guy does before he gets cut off by the heel again who's the bad guy <laughs> So the heel is getting his ass beat there for a few seconds it looks like the good guy's gonna win and he does something dastardly to put him back down again rakes his eyes or low blows him or steps on his foot something cheesy and uh, the hope spot the hope spot for us will be a new wrestling promotion that I can put my time and energy into. Um, you know once again writing for that it's uh i it, it's weird because when I was younger, I want to physically wrestle is my absolute first objective. Like I want to go to wrestle and be the best there is. Now it's like, no, I kind of want to write the stories that people are going to remember and really, really enjoy. And, uh, that's what I'm into now. I, I think I'm going to do a little bit of wrestling, but it won't be the focus this time. And I'll be more at peace with that. Yep. And uh, rightfully so I'll be 40 now next February. So I'm not exactly a spring chicken. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're still a lot younger than me. <laughs>
0: Listen, I'm going to tell you something now. When I was in that hospital, and I woke up from that coma, and I and I came to, and I got and I could get up out of my bed and go to the bathroom by myself, mm-hmm. I said, if I can fucking do this, I can do anything. So the fear of death is gone completely. It's like I never had a fear of it before because I knew there was life after death. Mm-hmm. I, I, another reason why I can't investigate anymore, Kat, how can you investigate when you know in your heart and around you that you've documented thousands of EVPs? like there's something to it and you know I'm not going to sit here and tell you exactly what electronic voice phenomena is but I'm going to tell you that man there's no doubt in my mind there's something to it there's something to it you don't just die and everything goes black that's not how this works there's an afterlife of some sort I don't know what it is and how can I investigate without being objective I'm I'm a hypocrite the, the actual word investigate you know really means to go out and be objective and look at the facts I can't do that anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: I know, I know ghosts are real. I know that they leave messages for you on your recorder yeah. somehow. I know it's very, very real. And I can't, I can't disagree with that now.
1: Do you feel comfortable so talking about your NDE?
0: Always, always. In fact, it's a, it's a really interesting thing. Um, you know, I've pieced together a lot of the, the things that were going on in my brain at the time and wrote out every single memory I have been in a coma and everything is just so surreal, absolutely insane. Interestingly enough though, a lot of what was going on around me, probably while I was unconscious were turned into this bizarre world I lived in for felt like years. And you know, that near death experience, I I think a lot of people talk about having their life flash before their eyes before they die sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think there's more to it than that. Um, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to have more people who've had those near-death experiences and been in comas and stuff. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what they've been through. There's an incredible story there alone of everything I can remember being in that coma. And it would blow your mind, like to the fact that I was just a completely different person living a different life. I can remember, and, and this is not something that went on for a few minutes. Like this was years i lived years in that coma it felt like
1: can you can you walk us through your experience what happened and and what happened to you before it like what's the word i'm looking for how did you get to be in the coma and what happened to you during your coma
0: sure no problem so i'm going to tell you right now that the scariest way to die is asphyxiation Mm -hmm. okay so that's not necessarily being choked to death it's it's I can't get oxygen into my lungs, and I struggle, and I die. That's what happened to me. So it's the scariest way to die. It's documented. Uh, It was the 28th of December. I was out on a date with my wife. We were staying at a hotel celebrating my brother and sister's uh, anniversary. We wanted to go and just have a nice time, and I wasn't feeling very good, but I was like, you know what? Let's go. Let's go have some fun. And uh, they all went downstairs swimming. And I looked at all of them and said, yeah, I'm going to stay up here in the room now and just have a beer and watch the show. And I'm just not feeling it, man. I'm feeling a little bit out of it. And they're like, okay, cool. They went on downstairs. They came back up, looked at them and said, we got to go to the hospital. I'm having trouble breathing. Mm -hmm. My wife now is a nurse. So there's two kinds of wives and there's two kinds of nurses. (laughs) (laughs) My wife loves me very much, there's no doubt. But very little empathy when it comes to health stuff because she watches people (laughs) die for a living. Yeah, So – And I I don't think she ever really forgave herself when I looked at her and said, yeah, like, I'm not feeling good. She's like, away, Johnny, there's nothing wrong with you, boy. Jeez, go on. (laughs) I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling like I might need to go to the hospital. Like I'm having trouble breathing and catching my breath. And I can remember looking at her and said, okay, so I'm going without you. If you're coming with me, come on. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we went downstairs got in the cab, went to the hospital Walked into the waiting room, explained who I was, what's going on. They looked at me and they said, oh, yeah, you don't look too bad. And they took my oxygen levels and were like, oh, yeah, your oxygen isn't very good. You are struggling to breathe. I'm like, thank you. Mm. Like, I don't have COVID. I've been tested three times this week. I thought it was just a cold or something. They tested me for COVID immediately, rapid tested me. And you are like, nothing COVID coming up. So I thought, God, that was so weird, right? Because it Mm -hmm. was like, how could it not be COVID? Yeah. Newfoundland, we, I, I went to the hospital on the 28th. Um, I sat in a bed and they put this thing on me that people with sleep apnea use, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of give my lungs a little break, so to speak, so that I can drift off and get some rest because what they think is going on is my lungs were spasming, um, uh, from being overworked, which is something that happens with your heart too. It's like almost like a heart attack for your lungs, basically. Uh, they put me on that, and I seemed to chill out and calm down, and I felt really tired. I was like, oh, this feels good. The pure oxygen, I don't feel panicked anymore. This is great. I looked at my wife and said, you know what? I'm going to go to sleep now, like the doctor wants me to, for a little while, and and like everything's going to be fine. She's like, yeah, I agree. So I fell asleep, and she stayed there for an hour, and they were like, yeah, you go on back to the hotel now. He'll be all right now, to probably another day or so. We'll let him rest. Anyway, my, wife, my poor wife, <laughs> she goes back to the hotel room. Goes to sleep. They call her back at 6 o'clock in the morning. He's critical. Come back to the hospital. So my last memory is I woke up. I was in a massive panic. I couldn't get any air in. I ripped the mask off my face. The head on me. I looked around. I was banging on the walls, doing it all. I sat up on the bed and gripped the sides of the bed trying to get my breath. And I remember the doctor or the nurse came in and she was like, oh. Code, code, code. I remember her saying code or something and hitting the buttons. Uh, I couldn't breathe. She knew right away because she could just tell by looking at me, I guess. Mm -hmm. And everything just very slowly faded to black. Woke up two weeks later. Didn't know who I was, where I was. Couldn't move. After two weeks in a coma, your body just completely shuts down. You can't move. Plus, the drug that gave me, Profoval, is a very very strong drug. Straight, like it's a it's a sedative. It's also like it's just you take that it puts you in a coma. Basically, they they had to put me in a medically induced coma
3: mm-hmm.
0: so my lungs could recuperate because I couldn't do it alone. And uh, it was absolutely fucked, to say the least. Part of my French. <laughs> <laughs> the things I saw in that coma were as real as me and you talking right now. I'm telling you right now that it wasn't necessarily a near-death experience in my brain. This was an artificially created world that my brain pieced together through pieces of my personality and what was going on around me at the time. To give you an example, I dreamt that I was on a resort. Okay? Not like this one. (laughs) (laughs) I dreamt I was like, like down in Dominican Republic somewhere. like Something I'd done before many times that I absolutely love to do. And I remember I was sitting down on the beach chair and funny enough, everything I did, I was always sitting down though. I never walked in any of my hallucinations. That's so. interesting. But, isn't it? It's like my brain knew I was sedated, but I was still on that ash. Honestly, it's astral projection for any lack of words. How mm-hmm. could it not be? Your body is not moving, but you are. So it's, it's really interesting. But anyway, I was on the resort and uh, I remember seeing people come out and, they started handing me drinks and I was drinking and I was having a good time and chatting with people. It was so much fun. And just everyone was celebrating. I can remember that. And then I can't remember what happened after that. So my thought is remember, I went in on the 28th of December. What if that was the nurses and everyone celebrating New Year's with their little fake champagne in a merge? Like they would they do it singing and dancing with the party hats on and stuff. They do that every year. Mm-hmm. And That's what I'm thinking. That's what that was. I took that party atmosphere, that little stuff that's going around in me, and I turned that into a whole hallucinization based on my personality and my experiences in the real world. Absolutely bizarre. Bizarre. Like, I'm not going to recommend a coma to anybody. (laughs) But if you're ever near death yourself or know anybody who's near death and they say, you know, we want to make you comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. And they say Propovol, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best trip I ever had. And this is from, from a guy who's done a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: could be your wrestling name.
0: <laughs> Propoval? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put you to sleep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's terrible. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I can hear it now. I'm coming to the ring and I get the guy in a hold. I'm just like,
3: go to sleep. <laughs> put, him,
0: put him in a sleeper hold. And down he goes. Yeah. Yeah, makes make sense, cat. Makes sense. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the uh the hardest part of all this is seeing your kids and your wife go through it. Luckily I wasn't there to see any of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's uh, it was it was it was pretty traumatizing on everybody in our family, all jokes aside. And, uh, you know, it's, I, how could I not want to go back to wrestling? How could I not want to go back to the things I love to do before that? I might not be able to do 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. Ghost hunting will always be there. You can do that in a wheelchair with no legs and arms. Right.
1: True. Yeah. Wrestling. There's there's
0: things in my life I can't do. Right. Like there's things I can do later. I can go back to that. Listen, 10, 15 years from now, I go back to, I go back to ghost hunting. And I do it all again. And I write another book.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. I can do it all. I can do it all. But physically, time is running out to do the things I love to do with my body. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: So it's time to go and do the wrestling. It's time to go and and get jacked again and all that stuff. So it's time to do that. It is. And uh, for for the most part, though, it's uh, just too many coincidences and things coming back together. Like the people who are in my life. Who want to get this wrestling thing on the go mm-hmm. came into my life via serendipity this experience in a hospital made everyone like go holy fuck he's gonna die like we gotta reach out to him and what did they do They reach out to you with their memories and most of their memories you either know me from the paranormal or you know me from pile drivers
3: mm-hmm. one or the other
0: Now <laughs> so, was,
1: wasn't was there, there a, a moment when you're in your coma something about a shaman shaman i can never pronounce yes, it properly yes.
0: Now, how interesting is this now i mean i've talked to people about shamanism before and stuff like that but like every culture has their own version of it mm-hmm. okay you know the indigenous people in the amazon are not going to have the same shaman as the people up north yeah. so it's it's interesting that they got the same idea mm-hmm. but they haven't got the same ways of doing things makes sense it's no different than our dialects and the way we talk like i'm from newfoundland you can tell the guy i bought you know, a hot dog off the other day from here in the States is from Louisiana. Let me tell you, you can tell us <laughs> from Louisiana. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm Don't tell Steph, but the girls here and their <laughs> accents. Oh, my God. I think I was a Newfoundlander born and raised, but mm-hmm. I'm probably a better off being a Yankee doodle. I really <laughs> do. <laughs> anyway, where was I, too? What was I shaman. talking about?
1: Shaman. <laughs>
0: yes, just yes, a shaman. Get the girls Sorry out of your
1: mind, that. John. Get the girls out of so, your mind. <laughs>
0: I can't help it. I can't help it. There's other things that have been reawakened. <laughs> <laughs> my libido was found at the end of a ball bottle. <laughs> Go figure. Um, there was uh, a moment in my dream where I was having, I think his name is Eschler, Eschler Staircases. It's uh, you might see the painting. It's just many staircases from all different directions. Mm. It's pretty popular painting. Yep. Um, but it's supposed to represent the subconscious mind. And of course, when you're under, you are your subconscious mind brought to life. Mm-hmm. So I was in a, I was kind of in a situation like that. It was kind of scary. Some scary shit was going on. Uh, I can remember there were doors all around me, like on an angle, like nothing made sense. There was doors everywhere. I could see my family in front of me and they're all there hanging out, partying and like, there were people banging on these doors. It was just... It was really scary, honestly. And, like, I started to feeling like this is a nightmare part of the profile Experience. Like, I will starting to have a nightmare. And then suddenly, in walks this just... I can't describe it any more than just just calm being. Dark-skinned. Looked Native American to me. Uh, may have been Inu. I'm not really sure. But he just walked in and he had this look on his face of complete and total calm like there's this look like if you look at my face right now i'm yeah. very happy his, his face is like this hmm. just completely calm i looked at him and i was just like uh and like i didn't know what to think and um, he didn't talk to me he didn't say a word to me but when we locked eyes it was like okay i focused on him and then he took out a shell and a feather, and there was smoke coming out of all of it, and he was whiffing the feather around me and blowing the smoke around me and going all around me to come... Like, I never understood what was going on. Um, I didn't know what that meant. I probably have heard about some ritual like that before, especially the smudge part. Mm -hmm. Like, the part of the smoking, I could see, but, like, the fact that he was using a certain type of clamshell and a feather, um, the way he did it was... I mean, to me, I didn't really understand. Um, And then after that, that scene faded and that was over. Anyway, fast forward a year. I'm doing a television show in Moncton Mm -hmm. and the lady there decided I need to be smudged based on this, this and the other thing. And I just said, well, you know, this is the perfect person to ask about this. This is someone who literally does this on TV. Why not ask her what this is? So I talked to her about that experience, and she told me that the clamshell and the type of feather I described were very much Native American. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Okay, And the way that the ritual was done was done to a T. Perfectly done the exact way it was meant to in every regard. So I had an actual shaman come to me in my vision. And cleanse me while I was in there during a nightmare state. I thought that was just.
1: And you had I, no I mean, knowledge you, of any type of ceremony before that, then.
0: That I'm sure I've seen things, but I never grasped the fact that it was a clamshell. Yeah. But there was a certain type of grass that was burning. That there was a way you had to wave your feather over it and chanting and stuff like that, that. I didn't know anything about it and it was explained to me very thoroughly. And then I said, okay, I'm going to describe this to you. And she said, you just talked about an Indian, like a native American, American, native American. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like this is the real deal. Like you, you wouldn't know that unless you were either a trained or b very knowledgeable on the subject. So it was, (sighs) to me, there's, there's always going to be proof in the pudding of the paranormal. Mm -hmm. How on earth did I come up with that? How on earth did I piece that together and do it right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's one thing to have, you know, a guy with a feather rolling around. But this guy, like, he knew exactly what he was at. And uh, once again, the, the world of the paranormal exists everywhere, even in dream states.
3: <laughs>
1: That's amazing. Did you know you were in a coma? or
0: did... No. No, I, I I didn't know who I was or what I was for mm-hmm. the most part. Um I think part of the drugs uh abilities are to dull your sense of alarm and panic. So the thought of being in a very dangerous place and stuff like that, it literally dulls it. So this is why people can dream of flying. Mm-hmm. But like if you were actually flying like that, you'd have a heart attack and probably die. Because <laughs> it's very scary, for real, that part of your, your brain is shut down, right? during that. So the flight or fight system is shut down. The, uh, the main part of your brain, which is coming up with all this stuff is, I mean, it's, it's the part of you that makes you different from monkeys, man. Mm -hmm. It's your consciousness.
1: Makes me wonder if uh, that shaman was sent to you from someone who knew that you were in need.
0: Interestingly enough, my good old friend, Rob, who I started panel investigation with and he's all over my book. Um, you know, I haven't talked to him in a long time. When I came out of the coma and and seen all the messages from him, I was like, okay. I was messaging, him, I said, hey man, I'm okay, I'm awake, stone in my trees, but I'm here, <laughs> right? <laughs> and he was like, he one of the first things he said to me was, yeah, like I sent my spirit god to you. Wow. And I was like, okay. Can you describe your spirit god? And he said he has no form. He's gonna take on a form that you would know and recognize. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that maybe what i saw was what i would think a shaman would look like yeah but then the shaman itself knew what it was doing does that make sense
1: that's crazy
0: my life is crazy
1: <laughs> you're crazy
0: <laughs> a little bit
1: <laughs> can you let's talk a little bit about your book cuz i absolutely love this book um i had the i don't even know if it's out in actual that can hold in your hand, but the audio version, because I loved how you have the EVPs in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, new talking with the dead in Newfoundland is a fully interactive electronic voice phenomena, research paper, basically. It's just put together into a book. And I really made sure that people could be a part of it. So when they go through all the EVP and they see what was caught and what circumstances they are, then you can listen to the EVP themselves. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool idea. Very different. It is. Yeah. Um, very different feeling for some. for some people. It's, Jesus, like, what is this? I don't understand this. And they hear it, like, I can't hear it. And that's okay. But other people are like, oh, my God, this was such an immersive experience. Um, very, very hard to deny a lot of the stuff I caught. Um, one thing I will say about what I've got in that book is probably the best of the best I've ever heard mm-hmm. uh, from me anyway. Um, but once again... I did it more than the average person would do it. Like, I, I, I went all out. Like, I was paranormal investigating these places by myself for months, combing through, trying to find repeatable data. It was the closest thing to the scientific method I could nail, right? Mm-hmm. So this book is, it's a diary for anybody out there who wants to be a paranormal investigator, but also a very um, a very large net, a very large net I cast in these places, investigating almost 20 times in Cape Spear, for instance, like not many people are willing to do that, nor do they have the time or resources. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get into these places and you investigate, it's one thing to capture a voice. But can you go back 20 times and get the same one again? Can you get intelligent things talking to you? My experience is down there in, in Cape Spear. It's all renovated now. Oh, is If it? I was to go back to Cape Spear now, it'd be a completely different experience. It's completely renovated, 100 just made more safe and accessible to everybody. Back when I was going, the place was crumbling. Like I was there in the middle of February in a survival suit, documented and stuff. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning down by the ocean. <laughs> like, like I took this very serious, and I, I think there's a lot of people out there who I just don't think they'll 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 go that extra mile. Mm-hmm. But if I can inspire you to go that extra mile, please do it. Can you tell us a little
1: bit about Kate Spear,
0: for those who don't know about it? Well, first off, I mean, come on. It's open to the public at all hours of the night. All hours, really? All hours of the night. There's no security. Mm -hmm. There's no light. Nothing down there. It's completely dark. I can there's understand no, why there's
1: no security. It's in Newfoundland. Who goes to Newfoundland?
0: <laughs> I'm kidding. A lot of people, a lot of tourists. But yeah, at night, like it, it's just not a hospitable place. Like if you're going down there in the middle of the night, you got intentions to do something down there. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going down there. Like you're going down there to like I don't even know. I've never seen anybody down there. I think people might get out of their cars and go for a walk at night, smoke a draw, and go back to their cars. That's about it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There's not a place where people want to go. Have fun, (laughs) like there's no radio, like almost no. I think there was one station I got over there, so perfect for EVP work and amazing for spirit box work because whatever comes through, chances are it's going to be paranormal. Mm -hmm. And like one of the little secrets of this place was I had software that only detected the, the audio pops on it, so what that meant was that it saved me hours and hours and hours of research. Only when something showed up that I capture it. Not that I didn't go over everything anyway. Mm-hmm. Kind of had no choice. you see the lightning flash that time, Kat? No, I didn't. I must be getting a shock. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's there's many reasons to investigate down there, but the solitude, there's no traffic, there's no, it's absolutely silent. And, like, this is the first place I was ever in where I heard footsteps go up a hall.
3: Hmm.
0: Like... In real time. Very rare. This is the first place I've ever gone to that had residual and intelligent hauntings at the same time. Like, you can hear a slow door slamming. You can get things talking to you in real time. Like, it's very, very active. But nothing malevolent. Like, nothing scary. Mm -hmm. Nothing to the point where it's going to be harmful. Um, I really enjoyed it. And to be honest, some of the happiest moments of my life was down in that creepy-ass place 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night, just me and my spirit box going and me talking to some random spirit down there trying to make a connection. I uh, I remember very fondly a funny story from this place, though. And uh, I'll share it with you because I think it'll make you laugh. (laughs) This is funny. So me and my buddy are down there investigating and uh, completely closed off down there once again. It's a really cold night, but... It's fall, which means that people might come by, basically. Uh, we have alarms set up in two of the motion sensor alarms, actually mm-hmm. set up in one of the tunnels, because we keep getting the footsteps. We don't get any pictures of anything doing it. Like, we're still trying to figure out what's causing that sound. So we set, we set up the, uh, the perimeter alarm. So this thing will go off if anybody walks by. Anyway... <laughs> We go on to the other bunker, which is like two minutes away, and we're investigating away. And all of a sudden, while we're here in the background is, we look at each other and go, oh, we got something, we got something. So we run back, and here's three kids. Oh, no. Here's three people down there smoking a draw, right? They're like, (laughs) what the fuck is this? And I was just like, oh, we're down here uh, doing some investigation. Sorry about that. You know, we didn't. Think anybody would be down here at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and they were like, Yeah, well, that's why we wanted to come here and smoke weed. And I was yeah. like, Okay. <laughs> so the three of them are there, baked out of their minds. I look over at Rob and I go, do so you guys want to go on a ghost hunt? <laughs> 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 and they go, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I can remember being, I'm like, Let's bring them to the tunnel where we hear the footsteps. And we all went in the other room and it was so quiet. And we hear the footsteps like it's very prevalent like you couldn't you couldn't miss it and the other guy was like oh my god what was that i was like i'll go out and look he's like you're the bravest person that ever lived it was <laughs> like it was like investigating with shaggy from scooby-doo for real and uh, you're some anyway Scooby snacks. I, I thought it was great fun there's a bit of entertainment there for sure that's awesome and uh they had good fun but that was probably the only time my investigating ever turned to something goofy and fun and uh it's, uh, it's a story I kind of hold dear to my heart because I know there's entertainment value in what we do as well. And, uh, you know, laughing and carrying on with everybody. You now, you have to see the lightning that time.
1: No, I'm not. I, get, I'm just looking get, at you.
0: <laughs> we might get rained out. Oh, no. Come on. Give us a lightning flash. <laughs>
1: that would be perfect ambiance. <laughs> I know. So what's the history ah, of Cape Spear? The ambulance, well... <laughs> What's the history of Cape Spear?
0: Uh, basically, it was a defense fort, which was built for World War One and World War II as well. It was used for sinking Nazi boats. Uh, great big battle guns up on top of the hill, basically, that could go down about 100 meters into the water. Great mm-hmm. big cannonballs, like lots of that kind of stuff. That technology back then was top notch. hmm uh, most of the soldiers that were there weren't from Newfoundland, though. They were mostly British. And uh, a lot of the EVPV got through. there were actually Brits coming through.
3: That's amazing. A lot of, of
0: mates, A lot of mates, Yeah. And a lot of Oys and stuff like that. Uh, there was a couple of stories of people down there, too, drowning, unfortunately. Oh. Because it's the most easterly part of Canada, Case mm-hmm. beer is that portion. So if you were of the spiritual idea that you want to journey across the world or anything like that, uh, unfortunately five of the six people that have quote unquote died down there or committed suicide are Asian. Uh, I, yeah, I don't really understand what the premise of it is, but anyway, it is true. There was at least two people killed down there in the time that I was investigating alone. So there's a lot of, uh, we'll say spiritual energy down there I believe from wartime but as well it's kind of charged from it's surrounded by big water everywhere like big wave water like dangerous waves and also like six people are dead like, yeah. they died there. So this is like the perfect place to investigate really. I can't think of a better place to go
1: hmm. Now tell us a yeah. little we're at, we're at the tail end here but I'd like to talk a little bit about your show too.
0: Yeah, yeah, the Odd the New From yeah. podcast. So it's a great this show thing has been around for a while. It's changed its face a few times. It has, yeah. I recently just went back to my original format of multiple segments, one show. And uh, most of that's because the guys from Podbean messaged me and were like, Hey, we're putting in chapters in your in your podcast, just letting you know like you're gonna be able to physically do that soon. So you might want to like stop putting out so much content and just do <laughs> one show again. I was like, okay. I had a really good relationship with those guys and they love me and I love them. They're so good over there. Um, they're a bit behind technologically wise, but listen, they keep coming up with ideas and I keep trying them. God bless them. They're, they're doing well. The show itself has been on a steady incline since really three years ago. It has blown up. My show is everywhere now. It's, it's really well known. It's a, uh, it's a good feeling to know that's, it's got a good home mm-hmm. and i don't feel like i want to move it from there um the show itself now i think my god i mean i think we're on like 260 episodes now wow crazy crazy 10 year anniversary will be next july that's amazing leave so it's 2014 so be nine years this year and 10 next year hmm. that's a quite the accomplishment no kidding There. Are very few things in my life that I've done for 10 years. So obviously I love this very much.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, So many cool stories. So many cool ideas in those shows. Yep. I've gone from a quick little rant once a month.
1: Oh, I saw the lightning a, flash this time.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I kind of figured. <laughs> I kind of figured, yeah. And above my head, there's like this halo. Yeah. Might be a fucking UFO or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the show itself, I've gone through a few facelifts. Um, I started off with a segmented show, just news and a guest, and then I went for cryptic corners and oddities and all this stuff. Like, I've I've always made my show, um, you know, an experience. There was a time a little while back where I decided, hey, you know what? I got this very long show. People aren't really digesting it enough. I think what I'll do is I'll go ahead and just split it up, basically, to get more plugs and views and to help out the sponsor a bit more because they're kind of on me to produce more content. Accusanus love me, but they want more. Mm -hmm. They want more referrals. Please put up more content. I'm like, man, okay, I'll try it out. What I found was that it was becoming more of a chore. Uh, Oh, it wasn't a love anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it went from producing, uh, three, two episodes to three and four. And then all of a sudden I'm doing this weekly. And I'm like, this is not what I wanted to do with this at Mm -hmm. all. Like I wanted this to be once a month and I want it to be based on the weekly world news. Dirt rag used to buy at the gas station. Mm -hmm. Absolutely goofy, silly. You can't wait to pick it up. It only comes out once a month and you open it up and you flip through all the pages. One page is paranormal news. Next page is the crypto corner. Next page is this. That's what I wanted my show to be. So I kind of got away from that. Um, then i got sick i had to take some time off my voice was absolutely useless i couldn't talk i was intubated so that that means is that i had a large thing shoved down my throat basically to help me breathe my voice was shot um obviously my voice is very strong now in fact we've been talking now for quite some time and i haven't had a need for a drink or anything so we're we're doing good you're doing doing amazing right like this time last year i couldn't do this no way that's taking some time to get that vocal range back too. where it's uh, it's very difficult to do, um, especially when usually when I record, I'm talking a little bit lower like this.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's it's very difficult to do that. But anyhow, the the show itself, I just took another little break a little while ago. Uh, that was based on the fact that four of my guests canceled. I was like, oh, my God, really? I'm not putting together the other show down
3: again. Wow. Oh, yeah.
0: Listen, there's only so many times I can call poor O'Brien. <laughs> Say, listen, man, fill in for me. Yeah. love Brian. <laughs> but I love him too. But anyway, there's a, a couple of um, things now coming up. So I got a show coming out on the 1st of May, but I'm in Florida. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to be a traditional show either. That's just going to be an interview. But it's a really good interview. And it's over an hour. So it fills the time slot. Nice. Um, I just released a classic episode of the Yard de Newfoundland. Like classic episode of it. Cryptid corner in it, everything. That was the first of this month of April. So, you know, please guys go ahead and download it. My show is everywhere. If you can't find the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast, you're not on a pod. You're just you're just not on a podcast aggregate.
3: Yeah.
0: Like you can literally go type it into Google, Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast, and it'll come up a hundred different ways to hear it and see it and love it. Um I got a smart link now too for all my episodes I put up on Facebook. The uh, smart link will bring you to whatever, basically whatever app you got on your phone. So if you don't have mm-hmm. any apps on your phone, it'll take you to Google. Mm-hmm. If you've got Podbean, it, it won't take you there. But if you've got like Spotify, it'll take you to Spotify. Mm-hmm. If you've got iTunes, it'll take you to iTunes and just let you hear it. Once again, my, my content comes out on the first of every month and uh, I, I sure would love to have everyone stop by and have a little listen to the crazy, goofy newbie up north who cannot wait to entertain you Hopefully for another 10 years.
1: Folks, you really do have to tune in. He does have a really good show. And um, you make me laugh a lot of times, too. Like I, You're oh just a God. great guy.
0: So do, do you laugh at the fact that, like, so, like, my thing, too, like, I don't curse on my show. Okay? And, like, I've always been against it because I always thought about my little kids listening to this someday. Just mm-hmm. weird thoughts like that. So, but, unfortunately, this this world is so fucked. <laughs> Yeah. So fucked. You got to curse. So, my thing now is I'm just putting in the sound effect, the beep. Oh yeah. And I've had people message me back and say this is brilliant. You got to keep cursing. Like this is so funny. <laughs> it's funny. Like I was talking about some cryptid or something. I can't remember what it was. And I and I kept making fun of the person who purportedly saw it. You know, like it was just f bomb after f bomb after <laughs> f bomb, and it was just beep beep beep. It was just so funny. You go back and listen. If I listen back to myself and I laugh, because I don't know about you, but I hate listening to myself. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like hearing myself. It's also it's actually a psychological thing. You know that? There's a Hmm. part of your brain that doesn't want to hear your voice and doesn't like your voice. And the reason why is because what you hear when you talk is not what you hear when it's recorded, because you get more bass in your voice and it's it comes out slower. But really, you're talking way faster and way higher pitch. So it's annoys you. Mm
3: -hmm. So that's
0: one thing. And then there's the other part of it too, where it's like, Oh my God, I've been doing this for so long. I don't want to hear myself over and over again. Ugh. No thanks. I
1: get embarrassed when I hear myself.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. That's common too. It's common too.
1: I'm not as bad as I was. Uh, when I edit my episodes, I'm not as cringy, (laughs) but I used to dread having to edit my episodes, but, uh, Yeah, not not so bad now, but I still don't like hearing myself.
0: I think so. Like there's there's a part of me that needs to hear my voice to make sure that it sounds okay, but only for like a few minutes. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, let's just get the levels right. Okay, I annoy myself. I hope my fans don't annoy get annoyed (laughs) by my voice like I do.
1: (laughs) I doubt it because they wouldn't listen if they were.
0: Yeah, and yeah. there's people who've been listening to my show now for almost ten years. Yeah. I get emails from people who are like, "Hey, man, how you doing? Just checking in with you." And I, uh, I, I really, I really love those fans. You know, one of the things I've always been accused of is I'm not interactive enough with my fans, and uh, you know, I don't do enough um, podcasting, social media push, basically stuff. And I'm just like, Nah, man. Listen, if you like my show and you really enjoy it, you'll listen to it. I don't care how many people download it. I could care less. I got a great job. I got a great life. I don't, I don't need to get paid in views and, and money that way. Like I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's a passion project for me and, uh, too much work, too much work. Like I'll put the show out and I'll share it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you need to do. And networking like this helps. Yes. You know what I mean, like definitely. having you there and, and and I love the fact that you wanted me to come on. And I, I, It was interesting when you mentioned me, I was like, oh my God, you know, I got to come on your hundredth episode. Come on. Yeah. In fact, I was probably like, what, your second guest? I think.
1: No. I was um, pretty low. Yeah. I can't remember, but yeah. And you've been on a couple of times and we've had, we've had so, I I remember one of the, the first time, I don't know if it was the first time you were on, but it was early on. And we did lots of laughing, lots of laughing. And I had one yeah. one comment say, uh, it's not a true paranormal podcast because there's too much laughing and there's no laughter in the paranormal. And I'm like, really? You've never been out investigating because when, when the team that I'm with goes out, we have lots of laughs. We have lots of scares. Oh we God. have lots of serious time. But, no, it's fun. like."
0: That guy would hate my show <laughs> because it's literally making fun of people like him.
2: <laughs> so oh, my funny. God.
0: What was it I was talking about a little while ago on it? God damn it. it was something about a cocaine orangutan or something? Cocaine bear? No, no. That no. was a movie. Yeah. I can't, it was some kind of monkey or something. I can't even remember it was, but I know it was some kind of primate. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, <laughs> but it had gotten into like methamphetamine or something and had been like terrorizing a village and all this. And like it was just a, and in the background I had like, <laughs> <laughs> and like the sounds of like yeah. the guys from the movie Blow, the music playing in the background <laughs> and shit. And it was just like, oh, I think thinking like back to myself, man. <laughs> Anybody who's serious in the paranormal, they're going to hate my show. Yeah. But the majority of people who are into the paranormal are looking for an escape from the normal, and uh, I really feel that my show is going to give you that escape because you're going to have fun, you're going to laugh. Yep. Some of it's ridiculous, some of it's sad Some of it's happy, there's all kinds of emotions It's just It's a sh- show show And that's that's important You want your paranormal news straight to the point To the hilt mm-hmm. Look up straight paranormal talk somewhere
1: Listen to your show I laugh, I cry, it becomes a part of me
0: <laughs> got no, got no choice. I got my talent and deep on you, Cat Ward. Yes, you do.
1: <laughs> well, before we sign off, my friend, can you tell the listeners where they can find you?
0: Oh my goodness, I'm everywhere. You know, Facebook has always been a thing. I always tell people go on Facebook, look up the Newfoundland, and like I post everything there. The cool thing about that, though, is then you get to see all the neat posters I put together for every show. I do all my own graphics and stuff. So nice. come and enjoy it um facebook i the newfoundland paranormal podcast you can look up i the newfoundland paranormal podcast on google and i'm sure you'll find me oh yeah not hard to find at all um i don't really have a dedicated website but the other newfoundland paranormal podcast on podbean that website that i i'd really appreciate you going on there and leaving comments and stuff because it let's podbean know that hey man we're still alive <laughs> yep
1: well, thank you so much, John. Thank you for being a part of my one hundredth episode. Thank you for helping me on this journey early on in the beginning and continuing support. I really appreciate you.
0: Oh man, thank you so much for having me. I I really, really am proud of you. And thank you. Uh, you know, I look at you as one of mine. Yep. You're one of mine. You're one of the ones I inspired to 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 go and do these things. So that you did. It's uh it's it it kinda it's kinda like a boomerang. It came back to me. And, I went. Uh, I love that. I, I love it so much that I would spend an hour or so on my beloved tropical vacation I in Florida know. with you. I really appreciate it. Where. All my family are sound asleep, wondering what the fuck I'm doing outside.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went from being terrified uh, from my fr- very first interview on your show to having my own show. So again, thank
0: you. I'm not terrified. But that lightning I just keep seeing up there, man, it's starting to freak me out. I should probably go for it. Yeah. starts to rain, actually. Okay. See you, cat. Thanks for having me. Thank
1: you. Much love and respect, my friend. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, Just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you.
0: Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to purpleplanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants.